Hey, this is James Cratch, Giants beat writer for the Star Ledger and NJ.com, and you are listening to JK, but seriously, Real Football Injury Talk. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Heads and Tails Fantasy Football Injury Report. You are currently listening to Week 16 of the 2017 season. Uh, my, as always, my, my co-host Josh Boyd is here, uh, and we talk every week about uh, all the injuries that happen in the NFL, um, with all with the goal in mind of trying to make the sport of football safer to play and to protect the athletes who play it to have long and successful careers. Uh, so this week is no different than any other week. Uh, we're going to start off with the uh, uh, week 16 injuries. And the first one we're going to talk about is Landon Collins, a safety for the New York Giants, uh, who has a season-ending season forearm injury. Uh, he really laid the wood on this one. Yeah, so obviously season injury is season ending at this point is only one week. Yeah. Um, it would have—I don't think it was a super serious. It would have been a multiple weekend injury, but um, a lot of times these guys just get put on IR. We'll talk about this with the Aaron Rodgers thing later, but um, and especially if the team's out of it, like Landon Collins, he's a Pro Bowl player, but the Giants aren't going anywhere. So um, a lot of times the team's better off safe than sorry put these guys on IR and have them miss the rest of the season even though it's only a week you know, a week um, but the play itself um, obviously he's a safety he came up filled the hole on a running play really nice play yeah it was a really clean solid hit yeah um, and <laughs> this is the I don't want to say it's funny but um, as soon as he made the hit, he didn't stand over him, but he like he was like jacked up. He celebrated the hit. Yeah, he was he was fired up about it and for like maybe two or three seconds, and then he realized that he hurt himself, and, <laughs> and he tried to get off the field, um, and he ended up not making it to the sideline, and he had to be helped off the field, even though it was, it was a forearm injury. But um, it was just funny to me because there's just so much adrenaline. He's so. Um, I don't know what the word is, but focused, excited, um, zoned in that like he doesn't even realize he's hurt right away. Took a second to register. Yeah. I mean, that's just how much intense intensity these guys have. Yeah. Um, and he, he probably inflicted that injury on himself just because of the brute force that he yeah. used to like make that hit. And yeah. that video is, is, uh, online. So you guys can uh, check that one out. Uh, next injury up. Well, what impact does that have on, I mean, the giants are giants, irrelevant yeah, anyway, right. so yeah, it really doesn't matter. Yeah, we'll talk about uh, just like I said, with the guys being put on IR um, and the reason why teams do it and how it's kind of helpful for the teams. But we'll talk about that when we talk about the Aaron Rodgers stuff. Yeah, because people were saying Aaron Rodgers should have been put on waivers or something. Yeah, yeah. Because of the way that they went about it. But yeah, yeah we'll get to that. Uh, next injury is Demarco Murray running back for the Tennessee Titans uh, with a knee injury. I've heard mixed reports. Some say MCL. Some say not MCL. I, I, I don't know who to believe. Yeah, so this is he's probably the biggest name and the most um, significant injury story of the week, probably, of like the, the follow throughout the throughout the week. So DeMarco Murray, he got hurt in the on the last drive against the Rams um, when they ended up losing. So And the Titans are in the – so they've lost – Four, maybe four of the last five, or they've lost their last two, but they still, this famous sports quote, just cliche, control their own destiny. So they will make the playoffs with a win. So they play the, at the Jags um, this week. Jaguars are clinched into the three seed, so they really have nothing to play for. But the Titans um, clinch a playoff berth with a win. So him being their starting running back, even though they play him and uh, – uh, 
Henry uh, about evenly. Um, he's still a really productive, very good running back. So, like you said, um, it's it, it from what I heard, it looked really bad, um, and they weren't expecting good news on it. And then Adam Schefter reported yesterday that it was an MCL, but not a torn MCL, just a sprained MCL, and he was going to try to play on it. Um, so it's just I think it's one of those things that we're going to have to. Someone else, someone else came out saying that I think it was from the team that said, "Yeah, Adam Schefter said that, but it wasn't that, that wasn't what I heard or something like yeah. that." Yeah, so, so it's kind of up in the air. It's, it seems like he'll be questionable for for Sunday. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, it's nothing. It's not a torn ACL. It's not torn enough where it needs to have surgery. Where he, I mean, a lot of times MCLs don't have surgery. Yeah. So well, it's more of a a time issue. Yeah, so but I mean, you play on something. You know, look at RG three. I always think back to him because he that guy was freaking banged up. You know, and he uh, did it. He, he made gave, it worse. Yeah, he yeah. made it worse. So I'm like, who, who knows? You know, trying to play in the in, in the playoff game. His his career was never the same. So yeah, it'll we'll we'll see. But I mean, it would it obviously would help the Titans if he can play. Um, I mean, that's one of the things that's with injuries is Marcus Mariota has been. Highly disappointing this year, I guess. Bad, bad from a numbers standpoint. But um, there was a report last week that came out and said he needs uh, surgery on his shoulder and his ankle after the season. So it's stuff that he can play through, but it's stuff that he's going to need to get fixed after. So, but he's playing through it anyway, and and he's struggling, and so is the team, um, even though they have a chance to make the playoffs. So, so like you said, sometimes it's not always the best to play through, even though these guys try to play through everything no matter what. Right. Uh, I'll, I'll let you take this next one just because I can't pronounce it. So, uh, Demir. All right. Yeah, that's uh, pretty easy. Next injury, Demir Bird, a wide receiver for the Carolina Panthers, uh, out with a knee injury. So, yeah, so he, he heard it on the opening kickoff of the second half. Uh, the Panthers ended up coming back and uh, beating the Bucks in a game that they really couldn't lose. Um, and he's their, uh, he is their kickoff returner, and he's been playing – uh, a little more on he's a wide receiver and he's been playing a little bit more on offense too uh, since they traded Kelvin Benjamin uh, midseason and they've been trying to throw some of these guys in there more trying to do receiver by committee almost and he's just uh he's more of a speed a speed type of guy but he has been playing a little bit more um, and he is going to be out for the rest of the season I'm, I think so I believe I read that as well so it's a, a blow to the Panthers. Um, Cam Newton actually went out for a play in the game against the Bucks, but he came back in. Um, one guy they definitely can't lose. But uh, the Panthers have played the Saints this weekend, and the winner of that game wins the division. So it'll be for potentially for a bye, but definitely for a home game, at least in the wild card round. You know a name I haven't heard on the on the Panthers in a while, which is good for him, is Luke Keekley. Yeah, nothing. Usually he's like, yeah. You always hear about him getting banged up, but ever since he had that concussion against the Eagles, like, yeah. wait, like beginning of the season, you yeah. haven't really heard about him. So yeah, it's and it's 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 similar with players as it is to what we've talked about with football on Thursday nights. Like when these guys don't get hurt, you don't hear about it. I mean, it makes sense if you think about it, but there's like. When there's a Thursday night game and there's no injuries, no one says anything about it. Right. Um, and there's been players like that. If you remember when Matt Stafford came into the league, 
he was hurt a bunch of times in Georgia, and he got hurt like his first two or three years with the Lions. Everyone's like, oh, he can't stay healthy. He's injury prone. And then I think he's played almost every game in the last – he's been banged up a couple times, but he's played almost every game in the last five, six years. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great thing for Keekley. Uh, it's a great thing for the Panthers. And I think there's, it's a reason why they're 11-4 and four now and they were kind of scuffling at the beginning of the season when Cam was kind of banged up and not fully healthy. Keekley w- was missing a couple games. And now that everyone's – those, I mean, their main guy on offense and their main guy on defense have have uh, has been healthy. Now they're now they're kind of rolling, so um, not surprising. Yeah. Uh, next injury up is Joe Mixon, running back for the Cincinnati Bengals, with an ankle injury, and he's coming off of two missed weeks from the concussion back in Week 13 against uh, Pittsburgh. Yeah, so he mm-hmm. got he got a concussion in in the Steeler game, missed missed two weeks because of that, um, because of that concussion. And he came back this week and hurt his ankle. So, I mean, he's he had a pretty good rookie year for the Bengals. The Bengals have been um, highly disappointing this year. Uh, Marvin Lewis already came out and said he's not coming back as a head coach, whether it was mutual or whether it was him on him. So they're going to have a, a new head coach next year, probably another new offensive coordinator, but he's one of their bright spots, um, at least from a Bengals fan standpoint. He had did have a pretty productive and pretty good uh, rookie year. Um, but he is a little bit of a smaller uh, running back who seems to – those are the ones who kind of seem to get banged up, especially with, uh, every down uh, when you're playing every down like that. So, uh, Another Cincinnati Bengals injury or injuries is uh, on the same play, actually, uh, Vontez Perfect, linebacker for Cincinnati Bengals. And, you know, if I had a, a dollar for every time I said Vontez on, on the podcast this year, I'd probably have at least – 50 bucks <laughs> um <laughs> but he he suffered a shoulder injury while trying to make a tackle and he actually collided with another linebacker on the Bengals, jordan evans uh who suffered a concussion on this play so it was two injuries on the same play uh, and it was just to in my opinion vontez being vontez just throwing himself uh like a like a missile trying to make a tackle that was already made you know yeah. he didn't need to to do that and I mean, he Go ahead. No, I was just saying, like, you know, he got himself hurt and he got his teammate hurt on a play that he didn't even need to be a part of and it was going to have the same result. Yeah, uh, the biggest part of it, he didn't need to be a part of it. Um, the video for this one is up, will be up. Uh, and it's when it's the first five seconds of the video, it's in slow motion and a perfect angle. And you can see that, yeah, the contact itself is probably unnecessary. The linebacker, uh, Jordan Evans, I mean, they're almost on the ground already. Yeah. So the fact that Ber- Berte- uh, Berfitt comes flying in, everybody – I don't want to say everybody does that, but you see that type of play all the time. But when you look at it in slow motion here, not only is he flying in, he's flying in elbow, shoulder first, and extending the elbow up like he's, uh, uh, like he's killing – like he's trying to kill somebody. Right. So it's like uh, – I I understand, and I and the more we've talked about this, the more I I just don't think they're going to be able to take um, these effort type of defensive plays completely out. Yeah, does he need to tackle him? Is he going to the ground? He's already ta- he's already he's already being tackled. Does he, does there need to be any more contact? No, but can you tell a defensive player to not rally to the ball at all? Probably not, but you can for certain not make contact like he did. To me, just from like a f- football player perspective, you know, even though it's been ten years, to me that was more of like a, a statement hit, not like a hit that 
was going to actually do anything. It's just like a hit that that guy's going to remember you next time he goes and runs, you know, through the middle of the field again. Like, and in my opinion, like we've said all year, like those are kind of hits that if football wants to be a safer game, take those hits out like easily. But yeah, it's the, the problem. The only problem is how do you like, do you, can you penalize this play? You know, like he didn't even make contact with the wide receiver. Yeah. So uh, it's it's one of those ones where it's it's hard. Yeah, but that's when like the, I know the it's, other linebacker that yes, the, that's when the other linebacker that he injured on the play is like, dude, like I already had him down. Like you don't yeah. need to come in and fly. Like you know, yeah. But you can't give the team a penalty. Yeah, I, I know, but we already know that the penalties don't do anything anyway. That's true. So that's true. But you do see a lot of time. I mean, we've talked about friendly fire defensive injuries all the time, but this is just another example of, of one. So it's kind of just, I don't know. I don't know how, like you said, it's a, I think this, this type of thing specifically is on the players. I don't, I'm not sure what the NFL can, can really do. Yeah, I know. But e- even just, you know, talking about the Landon Collins injury, this is an example of two injuries that we're talking about this week that are self inflicted almost just from like, you know? Yeah, but the landing there was nothing wrong with the landing Collins. Oh no, thing. I'm just saying like the brute force that he used to make the tackle it was a great tackle, clean yeah. hit. But he in yeah. the process he hurt himself. Yeah. So it's like yeah. what, the landing Collins thing is just an example of the football dudes are gonna get hurt. Yeah, it's true. But this one is uh, all right. Uh, next injury up is a tough one to watch for sure. Uh, we got uh, Traverius. Yeah, did I say that right? Mm-hmm. Traverius Cadet. Uh, running back for Buffalo Bills uh, with a broken leg. Yeah, so he, he's he's one of the backup running backs for for Buffalo. Um, he just took like a little inside draw play out of the shotgun, and the defensive end for the Patriots kind of caught him up by the waist and was slinging him down and got the his body weight trapped uh, Cadet's leg ankle underneath him, and it just kind of kind of yeah. snaps on him. This 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 particular play. I, it's hard. It's hard to watch. Number one, just when you like see his leg at the after yeah. the aftermath, but it's almost discouraging when I see it because I just talked about the Landon Collins hit. How it was like a big hit, and like he kind of hurt himself like from just the yeah. force of the collision. Now this play, a guy you know breaks his leg from a wrap and roll, basically on like a hit that I would probably preach throughout this whole entire season yeah. of like the safe way to tackle. Mm-hmm. So like you just said, like football's not safe. Yeah. Like guys are going to get hurt. And I think this is just an example of like guys are going to get hurt. You know, it's yeah. when you have grown ass men flinging each other around, like that's, that's what happens. I've always, I, and this is completely un statistically backed, but I've always said the field turf has a, an impact. I, I mean, his foot gets stuck in the ground. I don't think field turf would or grass would have made a huge difference on this one, but I, I just I feel like the some, ability to escape might be. Uh, yeah, I just feel like some some of these guys when they're on field turf, they just get their cleats get they have this much more grip and they have much more traction and this that little bit. Um, the makes, coefficient of frish, friction. Yeah, it's a, but it makes a difference between their foot being stuck in the ground when they're tackled and their foot being able to escape. Yeah, yeah, like you feel yourself going in a awkward position, you can kind of yeah. like slide. There's it just out, a little yeah. more. Gi- I feel like there's just a little more give on grass than there is with yeah. the, with the field turf. I mean, when I was playing, most of the teams didn't have field turf. I, I could probably think of two teams that did, and like I don't ever remember guys getting hurt on stuff like 
that like on this play yeah. where like guys are getting rolled up on yeah. and like I just don't remember that happening. The other thing, this type of play is I think this is just an example of how big and strong these guys are. Like this isn't I I don't think this is an injury that will happen in high school. Cuz your defensive ends and your defensive don't weigh players 250 pounds and yeah. they're and they're not strong enough to get somebody by a thigh and trap their body weight under him and sling him around and break their leg in half. Yeah, it's true. Um, it was a little bit exaggerated, but uh, they're not strong enough and they're not fast enough. You know what I mean? I feel you. All right, next injury is uh, Jordy Nelson, wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers. He's a guy who's always hurt too, I feel like. Yeah, he he has been. He seems he seems to have been. Um, but did I say he had a shoulder injury? Yeah. Shoulder injury. Okay. <clears throat> so he, he got a shoulder injury on a pass on the sideline. Uh, they played Saturday night um, this week against the Vikings. And I just thought it was interesting that – I don't know if you saw it, but he got, he got the injury and you could tell he was like laboring. And <laughs> he was like jogging back to the huddle, not moving his shoulder or his arm. And I think – I forget what other wide receiver, but it was one of the other, other wide receivers was like pointing at him and pointing <laughs> to the sideline and like giving him to come get him. And he just didn't look at anybody and stayed in the game for two more plays. And one of them was a pass play. And he was running down the field with one arm. And then finally after two plays, he, he – jogged off someone came and took him out you're so tough dude but that was what they like they didn't stop the game the trainers didn't come out they just sent another wide receiver in to like sub him out right and then finally when he went to the sideline he was like he didn't end up coming back in the game but he was obviously um just trying to be tough the tough guy i mean it didn't hurt him anymore he didn't he didn't have any play the two plays didn't really affect him as much but but that really puts the packers in a Thin position, not that it really matters anyway at this yeah. point. But let's uh, let's talk about the Aaron Rodgers stuff now, since we're talking about the Packers. Okay. Um, so yeah, I mean, I came across a tweet, uh, I think late last week of it was one of those Sunday. It was a clickbait. Yeah, thing. This is one of the like, things that they, these guys like Schefter say for Sunday morning during their during their pregame show and try to like get get a bunch of clicks and get a bunch of views. Right, and basically what the headline was was. The NFL could change – well, basically said that Aaron Rodgers should be put on waivers because of the way that they put him on IR for the second time this season yeah. without, like, a real injury yeah. to associate with yeah. that uh, placement on IR. And it, it brought up the conversation of, you know, the NFL could change the injured reserve rule because of Aaron Rodgers and what the Packers did uh, this past week or – yeah, this past week. Yes. So basically, other teams complain to the NFL about it because it's it's pretty semantical. It's just like letter of the law how the actual rules were, is written. But basically, Rodgers played Week 15 against the Packers, um, and then they didn't put him on IR right after the game. They put him on IR Tuesday because once the Falcons won on Monday night last week, that's when they were officially eliminated from the playoffs. So if the Falcons lost to the Bucks. They the Packers still technically could have been alive for the playoffs. It would have been a long shot, obviously, but they still could have. They weren't mathematically eliminated yet. So had the Falcons not lost or not won, I don't think they would have put Rodgers on IR. I think they would have played him again. But then once their season was yeah, there's no point. Yeah, they're gonna put him on IR. But basically, how the rule is written, um, you're not allowed to put a guy on IR without sustaining a new injury. Um, or having the previous injury um, be for diagnosed for less than six weeks. So if you do that, 
the guy is supposed to be in the offseason is supposed to be released um, and become a free agent. And obviously this is – it's Aaron Rodgers is a superstar and the Packers aren't going to release him. But I think this rule is written um, to protect guys from being put on IR who aren't hurt with a season-ending injury, especially late in the season. So it's trying to protect like the back-end roster guys. Right, the on, fringe guys. On teams who aren't fighting for a playoff berth. And this is kind of like we talked about with, with Landon College. Yes, so Landon College uh, suffered a uh, injured forearm. They're not going to take any chances. They're going to put him on IR. So the way – once you put someone on IR, you have a roster spot for somebody else. Um, you can promote a guy from the, from your practice squad. Um, you can sign someone else off someone else uh, off another team's practice squad. If you sign someone off your own practice squad, you can add someone to your practice squad. So the last two, three weeks of the year for a lot of teams, especially all these teams who missed, uh, don't make the playoffs – they're looking around at other teams' practice squads and saying, okay, we just put a guy on IR. Because if you sign – if you sign, so if the Steelers sign someone from the Packers practice squad, he needs to go on their active roster. So you can't sign a pra- another team's practice squad put guy on practice squad. to put him on your practice squad. Gotcha. So you need to sign a practice squad guy to put him on your active roster. But a lot of times these teams who are out of the playoffs, and the Browns have been notorious for it, not that there's anything wrong with it, it it's good. They have two, three roster spots open from guys that have gotten hurt. They're going to go out and they're going to sign guys off of other teams' practice squads, their active roster, play them for two, two three weeks, see if they can help them at any time in the future i mean because the, the scouting on it's almost like a tryout yeah and like they have so much background on these scouting guys that maybe there was a uh, undrafted free agent that they were interested in that didn't sign with them before the season um so this rule is really to protect um guys it's pretty it's, it's to protect the the players from the teams putting you on ir um, and ending your season to sign somebody else to open up a roster spot because by doing that they're they're keeping your rights um, for the for the next year. Um, so when the if the rule basically, so if the Packers put Kevin Som linebacker on injured reserve when he's not hurt, I'm never hurt. And but you're like I'm always hurt. <laughs> but you're like a fringe guy in the off season when free agency starts. You should be released to sign with another team because they they basically mishandled you. Right, but the, you don't really see it as much with the superstar guys because yeah. you don't want to. I mean, you're not going to put your superstars on on injured reserve for no reason. So, like, would the NFL be like, no, Aaron Rodgers has yeah. to be a free agent? No. Okay. Yeah, and that's what Schefter came out and said. He's not act, based on how the rules written. Teams were complaining that they should have to release him, but they're all trying to get dibs on Rodgers. Yeah, yeah. they want to make Aaron Rodgers free agent. But that's not to say Aaron Rodgers wouldn't just become a free agent and then just resign with, with the, the Packers, Packers yeah. for the same, obviously. Um, so uh, that's kind of the way uh, the injured reserve and practice squad things work currently, um, and how it it does it is a benefit for a lot of guys because you you see a lot of um, for the fringe guys yeah and you see a lot of practice squad guys get um get some opportunities and then it opens up some some spots for guys to be signed to the practice squad um so actually just the example of this from a Steelers perspective so they have a a corner he's he's been their slot corner all year Mike Hilton he was defensive AFC defensive player of the week this past week he had three sacks against the against the Texans he's had a pretty productive year he's played every game so he was on I think two or three practice squads last year um he was on the Patriots and like then got cut 
early in November off their practice squad. He was only there for three weeks. And the Steelers signed, got got somebody hurt, put him on IR, signed someone from their practice squad, and signed Hilton to their practice squad with like week 15 last year um, in the regular season. He, and they and they he stayed on the practice squad, didn't play in the didn't play in the regular season, didn't play in the playoffs, but he stayed. So now when mini camp comes up and all the off season OTAs come up they have the rights to him so they can see um, he's a guy that they've scouted and they think, well, maybe down the line he could be a roster guy somehow. Um, And then it came to training camp and he played really well and in preseason games played really well and he ended up being their their starting slot corner all year. So it does does happen and it does – work sometimes where you sign a sign a guy off the off someone practice squad or guy sign a guy who isn't in the league at all to your practice squad and they end up being a being a productive player for you all right uh did you want to go back to the texans quarterbacks TJ yeah Yates and yeah we'll talk about that quick okay go for it so and so tj yates was the starter for the Texans this week against the Steelers. Uh, their backup is a guy named Taylor Heineke, who is an Heineke. undrafted free agent from Old Dominion. Yeah, I wasn't trying to pronounce that. Um, so Yates got a con- – well, I don't know. He didn't get a concussion. He was pulled from the game late in the second quarter for concussion protocol. Um, and I think Heineke played one snap. They punted. It went to halftime. Second half started. Heineke started the second half. Played two drives, got sacked, got pulled from the game to be checked for a concussion, and Yates came back in. I guess he was cleared. No longer had a concussion. No longer had a concussion. But I thought it was the Texans were being super, super. sensitive. Um, the, neither of the hits looked bad at all. There wasn't maybe a, a hint of signs, but no obvious signs. And they came to the sideline. They put him in the blue tent. They took him to the locker room. Like they were, I think they were just overdoing their due diligence because of what happened with Savage, with Tom, with Tom Savage. Yeah, and I, I kind of remember watching on TV. Did TJ Yates, when he got pulled for the concussion protocol, was he like he was rolling his eyes, yes. like, why the hell are you taking yeah. me out? Like, both, the, both guys were, yeah. Yeah, I, I remember seeing that, but yeah, you're right. Like, they were probably being overcautious. Yeah, so I guess we're just transitioning to the other stuff. So we, I haven't heard anything about, and I haven't I haven't read it either. I think my dad was just making stuff up. I haven't heard anything about the Texans being uh, fined or punished for how they handled Savage yet. Um, I feel like I would have. we would have seen yeah. it by and now. I think it could be coming. Um the Seahawks. It came out last week. The Seahawks got fined a hundred grand for the Russell Wilson mistreatment of their protocol. Yeah. So and th- that that game was back on November 9th. I forget what week that was. Probably week twelve, maybe eleven or twelve. Um, I want to say it was actually ten, but Thursday night, maybe ten. But and they just got their punishment last week, which was the twenty first. So it was a yeah. Six, it was six weeks. We talked about it last week. I remember. Yeah. Six it was week, week ten. Yeah. It was a six week process. So. Um, the Titan that they're the Texan stuff still could be coming. Um, they just haven't haven't said anything about it yet. Um, the Seahawks who came out, they got fined a hundred grand for their violation. Obviously, with Wilson going right back in the game. Um, why don't you read off the? Yeah, so it came out this week that the NFL uh, is adding neurotrauma consultants as a part of their revised concussion protocols. They've they've revised the protocol mid season um, because of probably what happened to Tom Savage and how bad that kind of looked for them. But uh, the most notable changes to the protocol, um, which were distributed before all the the Sunday game uh, kickoffs, 
uh, is a central unaffiliated uh, neuro neurotrauma consultant uh, will be stationed in the NFL's command center to assist in oversight of each game via broadcast. So does that mean that they're like in New York City or something and they're watching all the games? Or? Yeah, that's the way I read it. I mean, it's probably in the same room as the officiating guy. Okay. Uh, then the next uh, – Major changes, any sign of impact seizure will be considered the same as loss of consciousness and the player will be taken out of the game and may not return. That's exactly what we said when that Savage. particular ha- happened with Savage. Is like, yes, technically, if you you know take the definition to the T, yeah, his little seizure episode or whatever that was doesn't meet that definition, but it's like, come on. Like, yeah. that's an obvious sign yeah. that something is, is wrong. This is one this, this is one of the examples of one that's, like, too obvious to, to not have in in the first place. Yeah, ridiculous. Uh, next one is a referee who removes a player from the game for suspected head trauma must notify the medical staff. And I feel like you you made that point at the, the Russell Wilson, you know, uh, concussion protocol. So that just makes sense because then you're, you're – the person who's taking him out, who who noticed the the issues in the first place, is notifying the person who could actually make a difference yeah. and take care of that player. Next point is a player who exits or a player who exhibits gross motor instability or significant loss of balance must be taken to the locker room for evaluation if it is not diagnosed as an orthopedic injury. Um, I mean, I guess that's another an obvious one. It's yeah. like if a guy's stumbling, like obviously something's wrong, and he's not limping because of a yeah. orthopedic injury. Uh, next point is a player who is evaluated for a concussion must be reevaluated within 24 hours, even if the player has an off day. I mean, yeah, and this is uh, read read the last one. Last one is a third unaffiliated. Uh, neurotrauma consultant will be on site for the playoffs and the Super Bowl in addition to the two already assigned to each regular season game. That's like just the NFL doing stuff just to do it. Like, yeah. You shouldn't need more than one. I mean, to me, if you're if like, guys well, it, why do the playoff games and the Super Bowl need a third one? Like, why wouldn't the regular season Because they're trying to protect themselves one? from a terrible PR. PR nightmare. No, I know, but like – no, there doesn't. By putting that out there, you're being like, well, what's different about the regular season games that they don't need a third unaffiliated neurotrauma well, consultant? I wonder how much they're paying these guys. Honestly, like I wonder how much they have to pay the and it's it's like um it's like umpires in the play in the baseball playoffs. Yeah. You're, there's less games, so you can pay more pay more umps. Um uh so I, a player who is evaluated for concussion like current or Previously, if you pass and you were cleared, then you're good. Right. So, I mean, it's silly that they don't do that anyway. But, like, this stuff is all makes complete total sense. Um, a lot of it is why wasn't it like this in the first place. Right. But still, to me, it would be ten times easier if they take out the blue tent for all the concussion stuff, send the guys to the locker room, they're in there for a quarter. The blue tent needs to go. Yeah. I just don't see the point of it, to be honest. I I think it has some benefits for regular injuries for for your knee, your leg, your your muscle. You your... like take your pants off or something, but like just go to the locker room. Yeah, but a lot of times, like when you're like when you're trying to find like stru- like structural stuff, like a lot of times if you bang knees or if you get rolled up on and your knee gets twisted, that's how a lot of times they get they do their structure like ligament tests. Right. It's the same with your elbows and your arms and all that stuff. And they do it in the tent. So they can test 
uh, doctors can test the stability of all the of all the ligaments. Yeah. Um, I think I mean they don't need the tent for to do that. Um, I guess it's slightly more beneficial for privacy reasons, um, but for everything else, I mean, I mean guys guys can probably it's a spot to go to the bathroom now too, which helps. <laughs> but for the for the concussion stuff, they can't. I just don't think they can do it there. You know, I just don't. I, it's too I, much going on. Yeah, I mean, it's still just as loud. It's they're not walls. They're just it's just a piece of cloth. The tarp. Yeah. So I mean, I I still think any of these concussion stuffs, the guy needs to go to the locker room. He needs to be there for a quarter, um, and then they can test him and they can do all this other crap that they want to do. But that's they can't they they can't test the guy until he's been in the locker room for a quarter. Right, and then he can return if he passes. But all right, and then we have one more extended conversation point. Uh, I'll let you explain this one because I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, so basically, for weeks for every week seventeen, the NFL probably ten years ago they changed week seventeen. Used to the schedule used to be regular, like they would play on Monday night, um, they play on Sunday night, and the team you would play. It's just it would be completely random like any other week. So then when they realigned all the conference or all the divisions, they made it so you're playing a divisional opponent the last game of the season every year, which is good for it's good. It's good for TV and drama. it's good. It's good for drama. Um, and it's I think it's just uh, it's a, it's a it's a beneficial thing. So but the other thing they did is they made it so you can flex any and all games that you want to. For week 17 only. So basically it's a competitive advantage standpoint. So teams who are battling for playoffs are playing at the same time. Where in years past uh, it can create an imbalance. Whereas say the Packers are playing the Bears. And the Bears need to win to get in the playoffs. Um, And if the Bears lose then another team clinches the playoffs. But they're playing... So say we'll just say keep it in the division. So then the Vikings and the Lions are playing at 4:30 that day. So once the Bears lose, they're out of the playoffs. The Vikings are guaranteed to be in the playoffs, but the Lions need to win to make the playoffs. So now the Vikings have nothing to play for, and the Lions win, and now it hurts somebody else. Right. That need the Lions to lose. So they play everybody that are fighting for the same spots at the same time. So you can't. You, so, so like you don't know your fit yeah. before the game even yeah. starts. You, you, yeah, you you got to play the game. So which I it, it makes it, sense. It makes sense, and what which, which they do. Well, the other thing they they do is they used to well not this year but in all previous years they put the the Sunday night game as the game with either the biggest playoff implications or the division game that it's the winner wins the division. So it doesn't affect anything else, but it just affects those two teams. So it's pretty high drama. Um, this year. I I think the bigger reason is there's no Sunday night because I think Sunday night's New Year's Eve this year. So they didn't want to put an 8.30 game on New Year's Eve because a lot of people aren't going to watch it, to be honest. They're going to be doing New Year's Eve. Going out to dinner. Yeah, they're going to be doing New Year's Eve stuff. Whatever the matchup in the game is going to be, I don't think they want to put their game up against other New Year's Eve stuff, which also makes sense. But so – they have seven one o'clock games this week, nine four twenty five games, just because of 
like I said, they're putting all basically all the games who have seeding implications or playoff implications are being played at nine or being played at fourth twenty-five because um, some of those teams are on the playing games on the West Coast. So like there's the Chargers are at home, um, the Rams are at home. So to so you can't put those games at one o'clock because it's ten o'clock Pacific time. So those games have to be played at four twenty-five. So everyone else is playing at four twenty-five too, um, which makes sense. Uh, John Harbaugh came out this week and was pissed because he's got a home game. They're playing the Bengals, the Ravens. If the Ravens win, they're in the playoffs. And they moved their game from 1 to 425 because of the Chargers game. Um, and he came out and said, hey, the NFL doesn't is, isn't doesn't care about us. They don't take this into consideration. He thinks less of their fans will be there. I mean, New Year's Eve, 4, 425, it's, it's – can can be tough. I maybe some people wouldn't go because yeah, it'll be over by eight. Yeah, yeah I, I I get it. It's just to me, it's just something to, to complain about. But I kind of understand where he's coming from. So my just thought about this is if you can flex every game week seventeen, why can't you flex every game every week? And from 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 a pop from a league popularity standpoint. Um, and maybe it could have some player safety implications for for the for the positive, but just from a league popularity standpoint, um, I think this might be something. Maybe it's a little radical, but I I think it could be a very positive thing for the NFL because if you can do it one week, why why can't you do it every week? Like I get teams and fans have structure and they like to know, but they're 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 not going to tell you Saturday before a Sunday game. You can make a rule where a you week ahead of time. Yeah, you got to yeah. just just like in college. Like college college does it. They they 10 week 10 days before the game, they put out their game times based on what other games are and what their TV is and and you all don't that hear stuff. People complain about no. that. I can I can see a time in the future where and I think a lot a lot of this honestly is going to be based on how the TV contracts end up and what's that's based around and uh the what the, the new Monday night contract and the new Thursday night contract but um, if you can somehow get rid of the Thursday night games from for from a con- contractual standpoint and don't have to worry about those um, and now you're only worrying about Monday night games okay Monday night games you probably can't flex so whoever gets a Monday night package gets the gets their locked games every all 16 weeks okay but now on Sundays we can flex the ones the fours and the eights the rest of the remaining 14 or 12 games, 12 to 15 games when when, when you're on buys. One, it, it gives it gives the TV the best pos- possible national TV matchups every single week. Which, from a fan perspective, is that's really all you. That's the most important thing. You know, you want to see the best games on national TV. Um, and also, I just uh, I, I I I think I think it could be you're you're just, you're guaranteeing yourself better games on on TV. I don't know. I just think it's it's something that could be could be best for the league, but like I said, it depends on depends on what they end up doing with the contracts. Yeah, and I I agree with you, uh, especially because they do that in college anyway, and like it works for for the college platform. And they have even more games going on every week. Yeah. Uh, and even if you know you are a fan who like wants to stick to a schedule, like if you make it earlier, you're gonna probably be there anyway tailgating. So it's like yeah, and like it's it's also it's something that. Uh, and I mean, it's a whole day event, no matter what you do. Yeah. So. But game, ga- games have been at one o'clock and four, four o five and four twenty five forever because um, that's how the TV contracts work. But I mean, five ten years down the road, what if, what if we we, we get to a point with TV and 
cable and the lack thereof that, I mean, you can buy whatever game you want any any week and you can buy specific packages so you're not stuck with the, uh, your national TV games that are that, that are what they are. So what if you get rid of Monday nights? So now, I mean, we've gotten to the point with the NFL that I think one of the biggest complaints is it's, it's every day, it's, it's, it's oversaturated. Um, I mean, I... I honestly wouldn't be against every week, every every game being played on Sunday. And start them at different times, you know. What do you you want to start an East Coast game at noon? Start at noon. You want to start a West Coast game at at five? Start at five. Yeah, that's what college does. It, it's it more so making it some more similar to a college um, uh, to a college schedule. I mean, it, it, it'll it'll never happen if two networks have have games like CBS and Fox how it is right now and ESPN has a as a night game or NBC has a night game and ESPN has a Monday night game and that'll never change but um from a from a popularity and from a, a viewership standpoint from a fan standpoint it would be I mean it would make the NFL I think it would help a lot of its ratings issues if um you condense this condense to make it make everything Sunday or Sunday and Monday and make the times whatever you want you know, just put it and and put the Sunday games more available to people. Give the people what they want, Josh. Is what you're saying? Yeah, it's, we'll see if it ever. It's, it's probably a long way down the road, but it's. I don't think the NFL will will, will stay Thursday, Sunday one, Sunday four, Sunday eight, Monday night at eight for forever. For for forever. All right. Well, it's nice to see in, in this week in particular that there's a lot of change happening throughout the NFL in one way or another. So progress, progress. I think that's it. That's it. So we'll be back next week to our last regular season episode. Yep. And uh, I think for – we've talked about this a little bit. So for the playoffs, obviously we're going to talk about the injuries that happen in, in, the, in the playoff games. But uh, since they're going to be so much more visible, um, only one game at a time, and I think everyone's going to be watching, at least the football fans, they'll be watching al- almost every play. Um, I think we want to get into a little bit more about how maybe potential injuries are going to affect the upcoming games and kind of talk about the matchups and get into a little some, more in depth. Yeah. Talk, talk about some X's yeah. and O's and get into some more of the football stuff I like that. Uh, with a little with, with, a, with a hint of uh, injury twist thrown in there. Try to get some more guest appearances on here to get some other opinions. So that's it. All right. See you guys next week yeah. for week 17.